Hey, and welcome back to Game Talk. I'm your host, Sam and me on today. I'm joined by Connor. Hey, guys. And Mike. I must kill chaos. And uh, that is a reference to E3 2021. It is now over and done with. Uh, some real high highs and some real low lows, for sure. Um, and yeah, I think this is just going to be our episode recapping it. What did you guys think overall of E3 2021? I thought uh, it was good. I don't think there were any particularly low lows. Like, there were boring conferences, but there's not like... Uh, Square Enix's conference Square was Enix one of the worst low, low. Oh, it was terrible, seen. but like, they didn't... There wasn't like any moment where I was like, oh, this studio can do better. They're being wasted. Like, there wasn't really any of that. It was just like, oh, they're making a game I don't care about. Like, but th- there weren't any like... Oh, we're making a a Donkey Kong game, but this one can only be played by trying to use the Wii Fit balance board. And like, yeah, there wasn't anything stupid where they're wasting a property, you know? Yeah, I I think that's fair. Yeah, I I don't think like there were boring parts for sure, but I don't think there were any games announced that I'm like mad about, which is something that I can't say every time. That one platinum game was kind of annoying. The the chaos one. It, no, like, you you guys are conflating two games. The um, because Mike was saying the same thing before we started recording. Chaos is a fine. The chaos thing is a Final Fantasy game by Ninja Theory, right? Yeah, or they're working with Ninja. Ninja Theory. The platinum game you're thinking of was even worse and far oh, more Lord. like generic. Oh, it was you're just, right. Like, I'm remembering now. Yes. Yeah. The the chaos yeah. thing was the Final Fantasy Origins thing, right? Yeah, yeah. People, yeah, people are calling it like okay. Final Fantasy USA 2. They're like mocking it brutally. And it looks Dude, that, was like, that was like the worst trailer of anything I've ever I, seen. I think the worst part about it was that Square Enix pinned that as like their mega blockbuster reveal trailer. Yeah. Like yeah. That and was I, supposed to get people hyped. Yeah, and I guess as long as we're on the subject of Square Enix, I think their their big, you know, kick down the door first reveal thing was the guardians of the galaxy game and that game the longer it went on the more the the less impressed i was i guess let's say yeah me too it, i think it, it's gonna sell well though because like, like some of my uh, some of my friends that are less keyed in on stuff than i am and like more willing to just play stuff like more willing to play a game just because the writing's good for instance yeah they're like super hyped for it, and like and I, I think that's fair. You know, they got they got um something Abbott. What was his name? Or, I'm not sure. The the comic writer who who has written some of the best Guardians art. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They got the actual writer, which is kind of yeah. cool. And like I think the writing <clears throat> in that game is gonna be good, but I just look at the it. gameplay though. The like, combat looks it, dry. They have so time bad. to improve it, right? But like what well, the they showed of the gameplay was not promising. fundamentally. That's gameplay that's never that was never gonna be fun to me. I hate. It really is like just big HP bars, and you wail on an enemy till it's dead. Like they they were showing all the like tactical options you have, but I've seen these games before. I've seen it a million times. You have all these options, and there's no reason to use any of them because they all do roughly the same amount of damage, and the enemies yeah. are just big damage sponges. Yeah. So I just I don't know. I look at the combat, and it kind of reminds me of uh like Ultimate Alliance, like those games. We're okay, you know, but nobody sat down and was like, oh, this is, you know, this gameplay, like every time I sit down and see gameplay, like that's, I, I, that sort of gameplay, I get a little, I just feel boredom yeah, creeping was, up. Like, yeah. And, and, I, I, and not I thought only, that those games died on the GameCube and they really should have. 
Uh, and not only was the gameplay like kind of boring, it was like not performing well either. Like it looked very stuttery. I remember, I didn't even but notice that. But like, yeah. So like, Guardians was their big thing that they spent a lot of time on, and then they showed that Final Fantasy nonsense, and then they showed that weird. Was the Platinum game part of this presentation as well? Yeah, I believe. Yeah, that was. So when you think Platinum games, you think of high octane action really tight combat this was like none of that which is uh, which is very weird you know this is definitely not a platinum games game uh and you know that be excusable if it looked good but it did not look good at all no it looked extremely i hate to there used to be a place for this in gaming but there's really not a place for a generic fantasy anymore you know and that's exactly yeah i mean that's just been like. done to death so much like you gotta have something hey, i, you I gotta think have it was, a flavor i want to say it was polygon uh who said it I, I was watching them talk about it a little bit and i think they said that it looked like a game that somebody would be playing in the background of a law and order episode <laughs> god yeah <laughs> like and yeah it absolutely did yeah i mean and I don't know. I think Square Enix was probably one of the weakest, if not the weakest, presentations of the entire show. Like, there were well, so that, many big absences. Like, where was Final Fantasy 16? Like, supposedly that's coming out Dragon next Quest, year. You know, even yeah. just, like, a lot of people didn't watch the Dragon <clears throat> Quest event, so it would have been cool for them to, like, name drop Dragon Quest, even if they were just going to show the exact same trailer again. A lot of people right. haven't seen that yet. And, just as I predicted, they did spend time on Avengers. Yeah, so uh, so stupid, so yeah. tone deaf. They're, they're really trying to keep that Avengers property alive. I mean, they've got that whole Black Panther campaign or whatever coming out, and I guess it looks neat. But like, does anyone care about the game anymore? Like, yeah, yeah, they're I mean, certainly nobody, trying. Yeah. I mean, hopefully they succeed for their employees' sake. But that's yeah. not a very fun game. Yeah, I feel uh, like I feel like there was another games as a service game announced during that conference but i'm not sure yeah the square enix one yeah I think the platinum one was a games as a service type deal it might it? Have been. i don't really remember no, but it, it really is hard to remember that because of like the decent other conferences that day yeah i think i texted you guys afterwards i was like yep that's like a two out of ten conference like i felt like i just wasted my time watching that yeah, which you I never want to say like after the worst, the, it wasn't one of the worst though because like i didn't even watch capcom and uh I didn't watch Capcom or Ubisoft. I just sort of tuned oh, Ubisoft in. was actually pretty fun. I'll talk about it for a second. And, and yeah, so Mario Plus Rabbits got announced there, right? Yeah, but, but before I did that, I wanted to roast. There, there were a couple people who streamed like like a literal press conference, like like a literal like it was them just talking about like diversity. I think it was two K just talked about like diversity talking points the whole time and didn't even name drop any games. They just talked about like corporate initiatives and stuff. Yeah, that's yeah, kind of weird, and I, that kind of makes me. Yeah, go ahead, Mike. I I don't know how to feel about that. Like, this is E three, not a corporate yeah. boardroom. So no, Dude, the no, thing is that, that, that uh, from what I was reading, that all happens at E three. It just isn't the part that's televised. Like that's right. all normal E three. A lot stuff. of stuff happens at E three behind the scenes, but like that. Th- this tells me that like maybe since this was a completely online event, like maybe some of the people that were presenting didn't get the memo and just did their normal thing where they should have made yeah. it explicitly clear like the streamed events are like the big showcase yeah. it was thing. explicitly clear Amit. let's let's not mince words yeah if they did this they were they're idiots but like oh, it, just, was, it was very clear to everyone 
Quick aside, E3 2022 has already been confirmed as an in-person event, so we'll see how that pans out. Boring. Sort of, oh my god, I'm looking. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, yeah, I, I, I like E3 with the chaos of yes. Of this is the first time presenting. I haven't like just zoned out as soon as they start talking about Forza. <laughs> so yeah, so um, yeah, I, I guess that's a good transition. Microsoft had a pretty strong showing this time around. Microsoft and, uh, is in in competition for. Uh, best in my yeah. opinion yeah it's I, it's between microsoft and nintendo in my mind and i don't think anything else really comes close no but, devolver's uh, right up there with them i don't know if you guys watched the Devolver. i actually show, missed devolver was, devolver was incredible they have a lot of really good games in the pipeline it's all indie stuff though so it really doesn't it, it can't compete sort of you know like yeah you're not different seeing space these sort of, franchises yeah. you love getting cool new stuff it's it's all new games, but they had some cool stuff. Like they they had a game called Wizard with a Gun, and I think that was the standout. And it's like an uh an isometric kind of don't starve looking game that's yeah. just wizards in the wild west with guns, and it <laughs> looks so stupidly fun. I just love. I mean, Devolver can't go wrong. I'll, and plus, Devolver always has that like gung ho presentation style too. Like I'm assuming they did the same thing with they like did, that yeah. oh it hilarious was so lady. Yeah, they were yeah. they were just making fun of monetization and stuff. They were um. Yeah, it, it was like they were talking about they were basically making fun of Game Pass. I think they were saying like, oh, really? You, you got to you had to pay for even the privilege of being able to buy their games. Like you had to join their service to be able to buy their games. <laughs> I don't know. It was stupid. I don't. Yeah, it's not how that's not how Game Pass works. But no, it's not. No, that shows, was, it, that's exactly yeah. it. They were mocking. Yeah. Like, you know, I, no, I like but- them. I think it's but yeah, fun. just to just I guess touching on Microsoft really quick, it, it bears mentioning that there are like quote unquote E three awards, and I don't know who uh, who judges or whatever. But uh, there were a bunch of different categories, but I think the two that are most important: uh, best press conference, Microsoft won that, and best uh, and most anticipated game that was shown at the show was Forza Horizon Five. See, so I agree that Microsoft kind of deserves best show because they really were. They were just mm, game, mm, game, yeah. like, back to back to back for like however long it 90 was. 90 minutes. Like forever. Yeah. Like yeah. it was just just game, game, game. Yeah, the, the more game I think about it, one, the more I think about it, I think the more I will have to give Microsoft the point over Nintendo here. Because Nintendo, while they had higher highs for me personally, like they were only 40 minutes long. So like, you know, half as long as Microsoft's conference and like the first half of their conference was just kind of meh. And so. it was also like over half ports like, yeah, which is OK. But yeah, yeah, no, I, the Microsoft conference, I mean, Psychonauts 2, banger, Halo Infinite, banger, um, Forza Starfield. 5, don't really care, banger. Yeah, Battlefield. What was it? Starfield? I said Starfield. Starfield. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Starfield looks fine. Battlefield they showed at their conference looks good. Yeah, so um, in, so just talking about Starfield, right? I think that was an in-engine trailer, right? That wasn't CGI, which 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 is pretty impressive. Like it looked very good. Uh, still, no it, idea. It, what yeah, it, it looks really good, plays but not so like. good that it couldn't be an engine. Yeah. yeah, no idea what it plays like. No idea about the gameplay, but I'm sure it'll play like you know Skyrim in space, like yeah. how Todd Howard is saying. But so uh, I have some hopes for Starfield if they want to make if Starfield is going to be excited a game for it, dude. I really am. If Starfield is going to be a game that appeals to me, I and I think it kind of fits in with what Bethesda's capable of. I need because because the trailer showed a barren planet, and that is my just as somebody who likes space a lot. That's like my biggest beef in a game like No Man's Sky is that 
they're cowards. They're too afraid to give you a boring planet. And most planets in the universe <laughs> are just rocks floating around in space. And I think, yeah. based on this trailer, just maybe they're not going to be cowards about it. And, like, if they just have a bunch of procedurally generated rocks and, like, that's where you build your colonies and stuff, because they've talked about this being a colony-building game, I'm super into that. And then you go down to the habited planets that are actually, like, well, have that <clears throat> Bethesda touch that everything's actually, like, super cool on them. Yeah, I think colony-building is just, like, a feature, right? Not, like, the core. I, I don't know. Some of the mechanic. stuff I was hearing about was that colony-building was more core to this game. Like, it's yeah, still just know. a feature, like, but it's more of a feature than it's been in the past. I've heard all sorts of things about this game. Todd Howard all, also came out and said this is, quote-unquote, a Han Solo simulator, which sounds very appealing to me. So Dude, that it, sounds it, stupid to me. But Really? No, that sounds incredible. Like, you're a rogue going through space and, like, shady organizations and underhanded deals and whatnot. It's just a lot I, of I think we're, we're forgetting the major point about Todd Howard. Is that, that he's a liar? <laughs> Uh, yeah, that he's a liar, and if if he says anything about the game, it's probably not true. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I'm optimistic for Starfield because I, you know, I loved Skyrim in 2011. I don't think I'd love it in 2021, but like, I'm hopeful that you know Bethesda modernizes their systems for this game. It's about time they did, right? Like, we thought they'd do it for Fallout 4, and that was essentially Fallout well, 3.5. This 3. is in 5. creation too, right? This is not. This is a new engine. I think so, yeah. No, so I it think... said in the corner that it's creation too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I'm hopeful for Starfield. It's got a November twenty two release date, which again, I think a lot of our predictions were spot on, right? Like I think we yeah. said something like Bethesda's not ready to show Starfield, but Microsoft's gonna make them do it and it'll have a late next year release date. And that was I think pretty I much said twenty twenty three for it actually, but yeah, I was I think I was the main purport between twenty twenty two. But it's yeah. releasing eleven years after Skyrim released to the dot. That is insane to think. Wow. Yeah. I mean, Bethesda games come out once in a blue moon, but when they do, they, they shake things up. Bethesda has so much power in the mainstream, just anecdotally speaking. Like, one of my friends, who doesn't, he was, I would describe as a casual gamer, right? Like, doesn't really pay attention to the industry like we do. Texted me, he was like, hey, did you hear about Starfield? Like, this game looks incredible. Like, I think this game is going to be massive when it comes out, and not necessarily to maybe enthusiasts like us but to like the broader gaming audience i don't you know. know what my problem with that is though like if you haven't been following starfield like say that trailer's all you've seen what looks great about it like all it just trailer, has this aura it's just about a it, ship picking up. <laughs> yeah i, I mean like, i guess I get, it's I just the like presentation are, like yeah. the three of us are excited for Starfield because like we know about it we know about Bethesda and we know what it's going to be in general I mean I think people know Bethesda as the people who made Skyrim right and yes. this is their yeah. ne- next big game and people are excited <laughs> for that yeah I, I just hadn't thought of that trailer in a vacuum before just now and I realized like there's nothing <laughs> like, yeah it's basically just this game exists it's, very, it's a very stylish trailer but yeah, yeah. no it was gives no, me I- like interstellar vibes you know christopher nolan's interstellar i think my favorite part about that trailer coming out is that all the elder scrolls fans are really really salty right now why because because it's not elder scrolls because it's not elder scrolls there we knew that we've known that forever like yeah yeah we've known elder scrolls is at least six years out and a lot of yeah, i don't know if it'll be six arcane. years out with microsoft's money behind them but yeah true I think 
I think people are salty at Arcane too because of uh, what was it? Redfall. Redfall. Oh, Redfall yeah. looks so. I good. saw some hot takes that uh, people were yeah, blaming this is... Redfall for not having a new Elder Scrolls. That doesn't make any yeah. sense at all. <laughs> but let's just move on sense. to Redfall really quick. That was another big exclusive that Microsoft showed, and it looks like kind of like a fantastical Left for Dead style game, right? That's kind of what yeah. it seemed like to me. And w- which is which is crazy for Arcane. That's definitely like uh, yeah, outside of the realm of what they do. More systemic than Left 4 Dead. Like, yeah, I mean, we still have vampires to see, like, are a more systemic opponent than a zombie. You know, like uh, vampires are killed by specific things at all. Like you're not going to be yeah. shooting them in the head. You're going to be using a wooden stake or sunlight or garlic <laughs> or holy water or whatever. Yeah, and I think that that whole Redfall thing was all like a CGI trailer, which was kind of disappointing to me. Like, I really wanted to see gameplay, especially from an arcane game, but understandable. It's well, too far out and stuff like that. Probably early. also aren't very fun to watch. Like, I think it'd be I, really cool to see arcane. You know, like I'd be down to see like a demo of Dishonored or something we, like that. You know, can I we guess, talk yeah. about how we're getting not one but two Left for Dead inspired games? Yeah, I uh, I'm excited for Back for Blood. That comes out too. fairly soon, I think. And yeah, uh, I mean August that that's straight up made by like the same people who made Left for Dead, right? Yeah, so. and I don't even like Left for Dead that much, but it, this one has crossplay, so I'll probably be playing it a bit with my friends. No, it'll certainly yeah. Like the more like co-op games, the better. Like and bonus points if you're a couch co-op. Like super well, into that. Was it couch co-op? I don't think so. But I'm just saying. Uh, Left, I, uh, for, Left for Dead was though. I am surprised, or I'm not really surprised, that all Bethesda games from here on out are probably going to be Xbox exclusives. Yeah, I mean, I honestly, dude, I feel like that's old news. Like, yeah, no, you yeah. guys were out of your mind thinking that. Dude, that I didn't think that. Like, yeah, I was a hundred percent saying it was kind of confident. Yeah, it was only Mike. Let's set the record straight. Uh, I was, I was confident that Starfield wouldn't be an exclusive, but everything after Starfield probably would have. My my theory is that Been everything that was already because Psychonauts I thought was going to be exclusive Psychonauts two which is yeah one of my so most that, hyped games that I was already that. announced as coming to PlayStation before the acquisition so anything right. that was announced or any yeah. deals that were made before acquisitions are honored so that's the way we need to think about this yeah that's how I've been thinking about it I yeah. I will float the potential that there might be a port to another console in the future but so my my other thing highly unlikely. That I'm worried about with Starfield is modability, since they're tossing a new engine out here. Do you think Bethesda's going to focus on modability day one, or because like the idea? I don't want to. I don't want to roast Bethesda too hard, but the idea of them releasing a game that their fans can't fix is not good. We we've roasted them plenty hard in the past. Yeah. So it's it's Bethesda. Any of their single player games, I'm confident that. Todd Howard's uh, relationship with mods is good enough where he'll stick out modding tools within the first couple months. Yeah, I, I think modding is synonymous with those Bethesda game proper, right? Like yeah. Fallout, Elder Scrolls, like, yeah. And now yeah. Starfield, right? Like, Starfield's going to be, like, the third pillar of theirs, I think. And they're probably going to bring Creation Club to it. And let's be honest, Creation Club is just paid mods. And it was a different name. Yeah, it is. Yeah. But yeah, no, like, I think uh, overall Xbox is looking very strong. A lot of good exclusives finally coming out. And I think it's it's about time, too, because if you were an Xbox fan during the Xbox One generation, it was a lot of waiting was, was and being time. and being told that the games are coming and the games are coming. Well, now the games are here. So, uh, no, very cool. no, they're not here well, yet. Not quite. They'll be here in 2022. Next year, <laughs> yeah. they're coming. Yeah, so that's that, that, Psychonauts yeah. is this year. The, the important one is this year. 
Psychonauts is this year. Psychonauts yeah, that was, and Halo Infinite are both this year. That, when I was initially deciding between like Nintendo and Microsoft for like the best of show, I gave points to Nintendo because they mostly showed games that were coming out in 2021, whereas everything, nearly everything in Microsoft was 2022, yeah. it, barring like Halo, obviously, and Psychonauts. Uh, but uh, let's talk about Forza really quickly because it did win the game of the show. Yeah, uh, dude, it looks good. It, it looks, looks really graphics, good, but like, it's still just it, a driving game. Like I don't get. So th- I remember them saying they use photogrammetry on, on yeah, like na- nature, like an insane amount. Yeah, like, like they just straight up like photographed some rocks and then put them in the game and stuff. No, like they, that. There were absolutely parts of that game that looked like a photograph. Like no, yeah. like it, it. What was the most impressive is that like they'd show you like a still like a photograph of the landscape, but then the camera would pan and you'd see the car driving. And, like you'd realize no, this isn't a photograph. This is just the camera paused on gameplay. Like it's just yeah, a marvel. It's gonna look that good on the Series X. I bet. Like that was yeah, probably that, I, that, that was. I thought that was Series X footage, but I could be it wrong. Might be. But, yeah, <clears throat> like that was high quality footage, and yeah. I think I think we've I think we've all been well us here have been uh, sleeping on the Forza games because they've always looked really good. They look they look great, but like I really just don't have any interest in cars or driving. So I might buy Forza Horizon because I do like me a good driving game. I'm probably I mean, gonna download. I downloaded Forza Four, played it for half an hour, and deleted it. Like I've played yeah. it before. I mean, you know, and, they're all on Game know, Pass. They're all on Game Pass, so it's worth checking out if you have Game Pass. But like, yeah, and and, and not to disparage Forza in any way, it's just not for me, right? Like, I know yeah. Forza is like one of the. I think it's Xbox's biggest exclusive at this point, even bigger than Halo, yeah. to be honest. No, I, so I saw some somebody in uh, the chat on the stream kept like saying that Forza was just a car ad, and like you'd have to be out of your mind to think Forza is a car ad. Forza is not for the people that could afford those cars. Yeah, I was going to say, like, <laughs> it's not I an ad. After, like, what, after playing Forza, I'm going to be convinced to go out and buy a Ferrari. You know, like, yeah, what? Forza is <laughs> more of a power fantasy for those yeah, who can't exactly. afford a Ferrari. Yeah, yeah like, no, well, I can't. No, I mean, Forza I guess it's an ad if you're fans, a millionaire. But yeah, like, Forza is to car fans like Dragon Ball Z is to me. Like, you know, like, it's, a, it's yeah. absolutely a power fantasy. Yeah. Like car fans fine. are gonna play Forza just to like get the kind of experience of driving a car without having to spend the millions on the car. No, They'll I will to say spend sixty dollars on a game and then get the car in the game. I love Forza trailers, like the Forza, like the gameplay parts that they show. They're always so weird because it's always like these perfectly choreographed, like like the the person we're watching drives across the street and like they go in between like people driving like 90 yeah. miles an hour like th- there's no way you're going to crash yeah. into each other once you're doing that in multiplayer nobody's that good <laughs> like these are literal professionals yeah no uh i mean the game looks great yeah, yeah. It, it it does look great i do see why it won i i mean i see an argument for why it won best of show but like a game we're going to talk about here in a bit was definitely best of show for me and you, even if they only show like 30 seconds of it, but yeah. Um, yeah. So to wrap up Microsoft, I do want to talk about Halo really quick. Um, the multiplayer so, looks extremely good. So like, the mold, so the initial trailer they showed for the multiplayer, I wasn't too impressed, but then I watched a bunch of like subsequent videos and then developer talks, dude, it's just Halo three part two. And I am so, what I've been hearing, yeah. so in for that Halo three multiplayer was like my favorite multiplayer game of all time. So I do like that grapple hook though. That like that had some cool. Bits. Initially I was worried about that. Now, not so much. Um, like 
I think yeah. did they show pulling people into melee range with the grappling hook? Yeah, they I showed think that. They did. That's so they, good. They, they did get that, rid of like pick up weapons. I think they got rid of like the dumb armor powers from like Halo Four and Five. Yeah. I hated that so much. Yeah, me too. It's really so um, I'm very glad that it's gone sort of more like to a streamlined Plus. approach. A big focus on the maps and the sandbox, and like I, I just can't wait. I, I think it's going to revive that Halo Three energy I've been missing for so long. I what did I really hear they're also not giving a class system, so you drop in with all the same loadouts and have to pick yes, stuff off the map again. That's exactly Which what I want. Yes. That's what made Halo Halo was the ability yeah. to just go out there, grab a sniper rifle, and then now you have a power spike. Yeah, it's it's interesting because like. It was. I, I saw some weird arg- arguments online. It's just like, this is 343's apology to long-term Halo fans, but it's going to fail to pull in new people. But I'm just going to be like, hey, dude, Halo 3 was it's just so much good. And Halo 3 was the height of the franchise. So if it's going to go back to that era, then, like, I'm all for it. You know, like... Yeah, Halo's in a bad place right now. Like, everybody's playing... Everybody who plays Halo is playing the Master Chief Collection. Like... Yeah. Yeah, no one really cares about 4 and 5. Everyone's looking backwards, and you don't want people looking backwards in your, like, flagship franchise. So, Halo Infinite has a a strong opportunity to get people looking forward. I think that's why they're doing the free-to-play multiplayer. That's why they're being so generous with the battle passes. Yeah, Yeah, I think Halo looked good. the, the, The Halo Infinite multiplayer is going to be, like them resetting their foundation back to like you know an iterative uh it basically the spiritual successor to halo 3 and then once they have that foundation in place they can build from there and do more things they want to do but it's important that their foundation is strong and i don't think it was before but it certainly will be after infinite yeah what so, a, now that what a turn it's made from that trailer with craig the brute to yeah that E3 yeah. show. Yeah, they didn't really show too I didn't much. I think of that was that actual. Bad. Like everybody it, wants to roast that trailer, and I just don't. It, like, dude, okay, so here, here's why it was bad. This was like the first Series X showcase game, like, and it yeah. looked like an Xbox 360 game. Like that's why it was bad, right? Yeah. So, but but you know, it looks it looks great now. So I'm excited. I'm very I've never thought Halo looked that good. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, yeah. Halo is not a looker. It's not compared to like something like Forza, obviously. But like, yeah. there's some standards, right? Yeah, uh, <laughs> Halo Infinite's first trailer was well, it was like six months before the game was supposed to release, or something similar to that. Yeah, that was so. That was no the way, main yeah. concern. Very interestingly, still no release date for Halo Infinite. You'd yeah, think we'd get one. Holiday 2021. Yeah. So, uh, God help them if they delay again, honestly. But hopefully I don't it gets, think they will. I think, I think if holiday. anything, they delay the campaign again. I think the multiplayer is coming holiday no matter yeah. what. Yeah, multiplayer is coming regardless. Yeah, it, so yeah, and it's free to play too. That's that's huge, man. Like, Dude, I think, now that they I think, own Bethesda, if they don't have the Praetor suit as, a, as an option to wear in the multiplayer, I'm going to be kind of mad. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm sure they will. I, Microsoft's smart about that sort of thing. Yeah, I but yeah, want to play as the Doom Slayer and everything. I think those are the big highlights for Microsoft. Obviously, they showed a bunch of smaller games too, but like those were the big they, guns. And they uh, also showed Battlefield gameplay. And oh yeah, yeah it looks boy, so, very the gameplay good. looked like the gameplay kind of looked like people doing all the things you would have to do to film the CGI trailer. Like the, the battlefield gameplay was so extreme. It kind of yeah. made me laugh and in a, in a good way. Right. I wasn't making fun yeah. of it. It was just like, yeah, it looks quite I good. just can't believe like this, like you're in a gunfight, like in a city and then a tornado just comes and 
bulldozes everything. It's like yeah, no, it's, it's cartoonish. Yeah, yeah. That's, <laughs> that is kind of the battlefield feel, though. Is just absolute chaos. You're in a gunfight, and all of a sudden, a helicopter crashes in front of you, and you're just stunned. Another. And they had somebody drive the jeep off of a skyscraper to hit a yeah, helicopter. Like, I've yeah, seen no, that before. No, no, no. They. I think what they did was like they drove out of a jeep. Uh, no, they they were in like a helicopter or something, and like jump or, or a plane, and jumped out, blew up a helicopter, yeah. and jumped back into the plane as they were yeah, falling. That was, was that like, was the trailer. Yeah, but yeah. that's the kind of stuff people do in Battlefield. Like I've seen clips of people doing that. Yeah, so. yeah, people jumping out of a jet to RPG another jet and then get back in their jet. <laughs> that's, that's that's Battlefield. Definitely what an actual battlefield is like. Yeah. Yeah, loading up a loading up a little quad bike with C four and ramming it into the nearest vehicle and then making it explode. That's Battlefield. Yeah, no, like, an, an interesting statistic because I love these nerdy things. The Battlefield trailer, uh, out of all the things shown at E three, was the most viewed trailer out of any game, including Forza, including Halo. Like everyone's hype for Battlefield. Call of Duty Killer. That, yeah, so, that might kill Call of Duty. Maybe this year. Yeah. I hope it's on. E- I want it to be on EA Play because I want to play it, but it is going to be a $70 game multiplayer only. Yeah, that's uh, and I think I've said this before, but like I really wish there was a campaign. If enough of my friends buy it and like I get enough FOMO, I'll probably buy it at launch. But at yeah, this point, I mean, I'm kind of waiting and seeing. Yeah, I'm at a point where $70 isn't going to kill me, but I'm still kind of hesitant. Oh, well, it's only a $60, $60 game on Steam. Yeah, exactly. It's sixty dollars on Steam, which just shows to show you that the the console games being seventy dollars is kind of nonsense. It is nonsense. I don't think I don't think the console games are seventy dollars. No, oh, Series, it is for Xbox Series X and Why? PS5. Yeah, all, all Series X and PS5 game games. They're campaigning to raise it by ten bucks because they can. That's... No, got to line. Uh, got to line corporate pockets. Like sixty is perfect. So, uh, really quick, uh, I think we we covered uh, Xbox, but like another one of the most viewed trailers, I think this was in the top five, was that new like Avatar game by Ubisoft. Yeah, you guys, I want to talk to Ubisoft's conference a bit because yeah. I watched it. The Avatar game looks stupid and terrible. I'll say that. Uh, Dude, that just I, I just have to say like there's such an, a weird love for that Avatar franchise, and we're talking about blue people, James Cameron Avatar, just so everyone's yeah, clear. Yeah, yeah. Okay. If, if they were actually making a high budget Avatar: The Last Airbender game, I'd lose my mind. I would pre-order the collector's edition yesterday. Yeah, me too. The if, one, if, that, if the that one that's yeah. that one that's four hundred dollars and comes with a life size uh, uh Ang staff thing. <laughs> But uh, uh, no, they're making. But dude, there's such a love for James Cameron's Avatar. It, I mean, it's like I don't the highest, understand it. The movie's not that great. It's, it's the highest yeah. grossing movie of all time. It is. Uh, there's like all sorts of parks for it in Disney World. Like, and it's only one movie, right? Like, and it's yeah. generally yeah, no, there are like so five much, planned you know? sequels that haven't released yeah. yet. I think two of them are done. Like, yeah, it's so weird. Like, I just don't. I mean, it's a pretty world, but like. I, I don't know how good? you could get five sequels out of a movie about a man. Uh, a movie that didn't even have its own story to begin with, first yeah, of all. It's, yeah, it's a movie about a man that's like, I like the aliens more. Let's not destroy the forests. Yeah, like, I yeah. mean, the game will probably be... It, it's an Ubisoft open world game. Like, it's very easy to see how this formula fits. Yeah, I think Pandora Pandora is the world it takes place on. Yeah, Pandora is a yeah. pretty place. So, and pretty places translate well to video games. It's just, you know, the game design has to be there too. So, we'll see, yeah. but like I'm not if someone says like 
Avatar, like, and it's not, you know, The Last Airbender. I don't really care. So but, yeah, yeah, that's just were, me personally. Yeah. There were two Ubi- Ubisoft games that kind of stole the show for me. There were um, there was a snowboarding game. Looked extremely simple. Looked fun. That, that's all it was. Like it was just snowboarding. Do cool tricks while you're snowboarding. Yeah, that was like the whole thing. Didn't Ubisoft also put out Steep back in the day? That skiing game. Yes. So that's kind of yeah. Uh, yeah. No, they're, they're very. Good. Ubisoft does good sports games, and the other yeah. one that was also a sports game. It's the one that's like a. Uh, I I don't remember what it's called, but it's like it's like Republic of something. And it's just a bunch of people that get together and do extreme sports. It looks like a. It looks like they're all living on a commune, and they do a bunch of spray paint art, and like, yeah, they just do extreme cycling and stuff, and like skateboarding, and it just looks kind of fun to have all that stuff in one game. I don't know. It looks like goofy fun. If you, it, yeah, it might be something I get Ubisoft Plus for a month to check out. Yeah, I think the, I. Uh, I think one thing, another thing that bears mentioning from Ubisoft show is that they released or announced the new Mario Plus Rabbids game. Yeah, that game looks sick. It does, actually. I mean, Mario has a gun. Yeah, he has he two does. guns. They gave him two, two guns. guns. Oh, my God. He's yeah. d- he's going to Kimbo. He's Rabbit he's Rosalina, good. everybody's new waifu. Uh, yeah. Man, it's weird that Ubisoft has uh, turned the, turned the Rabbit series into a crossover instead of you whatever know, it was with before. How protective Nintendo is over Mario. They let Rabbids of all things intersect well, with Mario. Generally you know, like you know, they're just kind of yeah, it's just little derpy little things. Yeah, the but, Rabbids um, are inoffensive unless you're a Raymond fan. But I think Nintendo has a thing for like Rabbids slash Minions because they're the same joke. Rabbids and Minions are the same thing, except Rabbids yeah. are funnier. But yeah, like, they're letting elimination. The guys who did Minions, that's who's making the Mario movie. You know, I think. Whoever's yeah, in mean, charge of Nintendo just loves those goofy little, uh, those sure. goofy little, uh, <laughs> yeah, I guess. So deep, deep somewhere in the Nintendo offices, Miyamoto has a minion statue somewhere in there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's whatever. So speaking I mean, of, uh, Nintendo. No, we're not done with Ubisoft. We, yet. Yeah, we're not done okay, yet. Okay. Yeah. Uh, there's also yeah. War Crime the Game, uh, Far Cry 6. Far Cry 6. Oh, All Far the discourse around Far Cry 6 is so annoying with Ubisoft's insistence, like, no, this game about Cuba yeah. is not political yeah, at like, all. People were like, people thought, yeah, it's it's an absolute role reversal of Far Cry 5 where people were like, oh, wow, Ubisoft is actually like taking a political stance that like maybe people could get behind. And Ubisoft is, no, 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 no. No, we, we want to make no, 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 bad no, no, no. takes. Only bad takes. <laughs> What was I mean, it? I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be a Fidel Castro stan, but they're taking a very very complicated situation and just really dumbing it down to was nothing. It, it's it's it, a really bad like, idea. It's just set it like, dressing for an action game. You know that's what they're doing. Yeah, was it's it just it? set dressing for an action game. Is you kill a bunch of poor people. Wasn't it <laughs> last year when they released a uh, trailer for like a new Tom Clancy mobile game or something, and they used the uh, the fish symbol as the evil. <laughs> <laughs> the evil people. Yes, yes, they did. Yeah. Oh my god. Like, and then of course there's a new um there's a new Rainbow Six game that got announced. Um, that actually looks cool. It looks all right. Yeah. It's, it's been another... it's been announced for a while. Yeah. But they finally changed the name because it used to be called Quarantine, and then they realized that oh, right. <laughs> we've been in quarantine <laughs> for the past two now. years or a year or however long it's been. Yeah. And, and it's so been we got to change the name. Going on a year and a half. Yeah. Of the quarantine's yeah. basically over where I am. I don't know about you, Ahmed, but I yeah. Got I mean, things things are getting back to normal. 
Yeah. yeah, I'm about to be fully vaxxed, so it's it's pretty much over for me. It still does, like, anytime I watch it or play play a game or watch a piece of media where they try to, like, depict what a uh, what a, a plague scenario would be like, and it's just like, nah, that, that's not what it was like. I mean, it was just a lot of staying inside and doing nothing, so. Yeah, and yeah. being mad at people who didn't do that. Yeah. Anyway, um, which conference did you want to move over to? I was thinking Nintendo. Nah, uh, let's let's talk Devolver for like thirty seconds first. Okay, uh, sure. I just don't want to forget, and there's no, go not ahead. a lot yeah. to say. Devolver, they did their normal shtick. Uh, the real standout was Wizards with Guns. There, I remember seeing a couple other games that I was interested in, but like every year with Devolver, they don't have staying power, and like they're competing with all these other extremely hyped franchises and stuff. So I immediately forget everything I saw until it gets you. You can't released. go wrong when a game's title is Wizard with Gun. Exactly. Like Devolver just knocks Devolver can do no wrong as far as I'm concerned. I don't think I've ever played a Devolver game I didn't like. E- even ones that aren't in genres I typically like. If it's Devolver, I'm gonna love it. So I, I feel yeah. like we also need to talk about the the E3 Jeff Keeley's E3 competitor. We we'll get to that. Well I'm saving that for the end. <laughs> we'll get we'll get to that. Uh but um really quick I just wanted to mention another exclusive from Microsoft that I forgot now remembering now age of empires 4 that's a pretty big deal too oh yeah and i think i'm so yeah. excited uh, yeah that's a mic game <laughs> that's a v yeah. game and that's a tentatively amid game too i, I have big, played yeah. all three age of empires mostly to death i might jump and, on uh, this one at launch since that you know there'll be some groundswell and it'll be on game pass is it coming to consoles? For i think oh, so yeah. i think so Why don't play it on console don't play it on console. Yeah, just don't the, play it on console. No, this of course not. I'm not going to have yeah. a con- I'm not going to buy an Xbox, but there's no I'm reason told- to now. I was actually on the edge of buying an Xbox for a bit, but after this E3, it's become abundantly clear that there is no reason for a PC gamer to have yeah, an Xbox. No, 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 no. Yeah. It's, you know, everything that comes to Xbox I, is coming to PC. I kind of saw that, that coming at the beginning of the generation. Yeah, I, I've been I, I was so hesitant because I, I kind of thought that last gen a little bit with like, because it, it started with like near Automata and stuff, but it's it's really hard to, because I think Sony's going to start doing it too. It, it you'd be Sony's going to give you like a two year gap. Yeah, according to what I've been I, seeing, I think so. Yeah, I think just quickly talking about Sony. Yes, uh, they've already announced that several more games are coming to PC, including Uncharted Four. No is, way. Yes, yes, they said that. Um, and I think this all leads to eventually. We're, we're not going to get this with every game, but I do think eventually some first-party PlayStation games will come out day and date on PC. I think I mean, that's we're absolutely get, putting me in a position to never buy a console again. We're, we're getting that. Point, we're getting to that point. I do think certain PlayStation games will be exclusive, just because that's the way Sony rolls. But like, if they're putting Uncharted Four on PC, I think anything goes. Yeah. So my okay, I want to do an episode on this probably later. But like at that point, the cost va- cost of value analysis, it's what. $400 at the cheapest to buy a PS5 and yeah. $400 at the cheapest to buy a Series S, right? The Series S is 300, I think. 300. So it's still $700 in a in a non-silicon uh, a non-silicon shortage world. You can get an okay PC for that. Like and yeah, you're just going mean, to get all the games. If we're talking in an ideal world where all of their games come especially play I know Microsoft will, but if all of PlayStation's games come to PC day 1, then it's it's basically over at that point. There's no reason to have a, a console at all. Yeah, not on either yeah. side. Yeah. But Which anyway. is why I don't think it'll ever happen with PlayStation, but God, we'll, 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 we'll see. that would be so incredible. 
I, I think we'll reserve this for another podcast, but I have a lot of thoughts about the the console gen the current state of consoles. Mm-hmm. So I think we'll reserve this for another episode. Yeah, sure. once we get a little deeper into the gen, uh, and I think I think we're kind of there now that Ratchet and Clank is out. But yeah. I mean, yeah, perspective though, it has not even been a single year since these consoles launched. So yeah, it's important to yeah, keep. Yeah, I mean, there's still no, there's nothing on a Series X. There's no reason to buy one of those things. I mean, no yeah. one owns a Series X or PS5 on <laughs> at the moment, except Damon. Yeah, yeah. You got the only I mean, one. I know some people with PS5s, but. I don't know. You're the only person I know that has a PS5. I've never never seen one. Yeah. I mean, they are disgustingly rare, to be fair. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, Nintendo's conference opens up with uh, a Smash reveal that was pretty lukewarm to me. Yeah, I I know. I mean, Tekken's a huge fighting game franchise, so I'm happy for the fans of Tekken, but, like, personally, Kiryu, right? fighting game characters are the most boring thing to add to Smash. And that kind of sucks. It, it kind of feels almost like an obligation, right? Like, it's like, this is the, you know, like, the cornucopia of all gaming, including fighting. And, it, and I think fighting games get a special place in that, right? Because because of what they are. I also because think they're Smash like, is. they're kind of, they're adding a lot of them now because there weren't any before. Like, fighting games had a serious lack of representation in Smash before 4 and Ultimate. Yeah. So they're having to add them all in now to like kind of balance it out a little well, bit. Well, four had Ryu, but that was it. Yeah, yeah. and now they've added Ken. They've added uh, Harry. Yeah, so it, it's a lot. But I think he looks like he plays fun. The trailer, I think, the trailer itself was hilarious. The trailers are always great, even for characters I don't care about. Those trailers are masterpieces. Probably the fastest I've been like, oh, this is a Smash trailer because I've really like, I can dude, spot I will tell that you, art style in a yeah. nanosecond. Dude, yeah. I, I, uh, it's funny. I initially was like, okay, this is Smash. But then when I saw Ganondorf, I was like, oh my god, is this Zelda somehow? And then it was Smash again. But like, yeah, yeah he did get me. He did get me for a little bit. Yeah, he did. I I did like the whole, uh, like the whole, it's very Tekken for someone to get thrown into a uh, volcano. Volcano. Yeah, and yeah. he just kept doing it. It was it was a funny bit, yeah. and everybody knew that Kirby cast. was going to fly away at the end. But I still like had to sit was there good. and watch it happen because yeah. it was just adorable. It was yeah. very good. And then and then we hit some lows for Nintendo. Life yeah, is strange yeah. coming to it. it. That's a good thing. I do thing. think uh, I do think maybe it was smart because like, I jokingly said maybe Nintendo's getting all the bad stuff out of the way first, and I think that's what they were doing. Honestly, they, they got all. Did, yeah. I yeah, mean, Life they, is Strange isn't bad. Life is Strange. We the overlap between people that have a Switch and people that are going to love Life is Strange is massive. Like, yeah, I mean, like, yeah, it's just annoying when you already see something earlier at E3 and it shows up again, you know, like, yeah, you want, yeah, yeah think... we saw Rabbids again, but the actual, the absolute showstopper for me, I don't know about you guys, Metroid. but when I saw Metroid 5 come up on the screen, I like jumped out of my seat. I was yeah, this, so this excited. one's, this one's huge. This one is earth shatteringly huge. And yeah, so I, I was, definitely gotta, I gotta, I gotta play the series. I gotta. Yeah, you gotta, yeah, I would start with Super, the first one, or start with Zero Mission. Zero Mission is a good place to start if you're willing to play a Game Boy Advance game. The first Metroid is real rough around the edges. I think pretty much, I mean, to play to play this Metroid, you need to play Metroid Zero Mission, Super Metroid. It, it's funny, because, like, I, I play uh, Metroidvania games all the time, which are games inspired by Castlevania and Metroid, yet yeah. I have never played either of those games franchises i do have a great respect for them because i know what they are and what you know what how much influence they had but i've never actually experienced those games 
my hot take is that the only two Metroidvania games that actually like make good on all the promises of a Metroidvania are Super Metroid and Hollow Knight. Like yeah. every other game in the genre, I still like the genre and they're still good games, but like those two are so high above anything else. So I I implore you to play Super Metroid uh if you have your 3DS laying around. I mean, it's on the Switch, right? The Switch uh, virtual console? Yeah, Super Metroid, yeah. But if you have your 3DS laying around, Samus Returns is probably the way you'll want to play Metroid 2 if you decide to play it. It's pretty good, and it's by the same developers, so it'll kind of give you a feel for how this new one's going to be. Yeah, I'm sure as we get closer to the release of Metroid Dread, by the way, that's what it's called, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll pick up a couple Metroid games and play through them. And it looks like Metroid Dread is seriously... So so a lot of people might already know this. Metroid Dread was actually announced in like 2005 or something. Yeah, the rumor's been around for a while. And it it got canceled several times. uh, Because they just... I guess... yeah, They they did a developer interview because everybody knew about this game. And they were just like, yeah, we couldn't get the tech right or something. And uh, I didn't know about it. So this game has been around since I was too young to be keeping track, basically. I guess there was a big (laughs) teaser in Metroid Prime 3. But uh, I yeah, loved so. Metroid Fusion as a kid, and this game seems to be taking like a ton of cues from Fusion, namely like Dread, its namesake, is uh, a Metroid Fusion has a character called SAX, which is basically like a fully powered Samus lookalike that is chasing you around and can like essentially one shot kill you uh, for most of the game. And you like you see them and you immediately like clinch up and you have to like run and hide. And it's like these extremely tense sections. But they were yeah. super scripted in Metroid Fusion. Super scripted. Same every time you play them. Whereas they're doing the same thing in Metroid Dread. But this thing is actually hunting you. Like it actually is like it's a That's smart I- like these are open ended sections where you actually have to like think and not just kind of follow the script, you know, and I. I'm unreasonably excited for it. It also, like, they've been showing a ton of stuff from Fusion, which I just kind of thought Fusion's not super well-liked, so I kind of thought they were just going to throw it under the bus, but they're actually, like, referencing a ton of lore from Fusion yeah, with the X-Parasite and stuff. So I, I, I love Fusion. I recommend everybody play it. It's uh, one of the harder Metroid games, apparently, uh, but it's a little more linear. It, uh, it is definitely more linear than Super, and uh, if they can manage to mesh... The openness of Super and the horror of Fusion, Dread is going to be one of the greatest games of all time. Yeah, very excited. I, I did see some of the gameplay and it looks fantastic. I um, actually, I only have one beef with it, and that's um, they. A lot of modern Metroid games try to play up a power fantasy with Samus, and I don't. I think that that is going to clash with the concept of Dread a lot. Like if you go from smashing through every enemy which which was a lot of people's beef with a uh, samus returns is that they gave you that bash attack and suddenly like every enemy is kind of a cakewalk uh-huh. and uh that doesn't really mix well with like metroid's actual themes which are like kind of genocide and uh being alone on a foreign planet and scared and lost but being an unstoppable you know force of destruction does not really mesh well with those themes so i'm kind of interested in how they're gonna make that work yeah so we'll see i mean um who are the developers of this game uh it's nintendo working with mercury system it's either mercury steam or mercury system i forget but they're the guys who did samus returns okay so they've they've got a pedigree then yeah yeah okay yeah a lot well they have a pedigree of a fairly uh controversial metroid game that didn't sell very well 
but I okay, like so, it. I like yeah, I mean, uh, that's sort of the idea, uh, the sentiment I was seeing online that this game looked hype, but people were concerned about the developer. But uh, I think the gameplay demos at the Treehouse sort of alleviated those concerns from what I've been yeah, seeing. Yeah, I think so. it looks really fun. I the only thing about the gameplay demo, and I'm gonna I'm gonna like set this aside as being the beginning of the game because I think it was, but it looked really easy to avoid the Emmy, the uh, the monster that's chasing you. It looked extremely easy to avoid, like. Like, I wouldn't even be thinking about it. It would just, like, be natural to avoid it. But I assume it gets mm. harder as the game goes on. I hope. Yeah. Yeah. Especially because they're giving you, like, an invisibility power-up at some point. That seems really overpowered. Yeah. But this this is a game 16 years in the making, right? Which is wild, right? Like, this was first rumored in 2005. So, I can only imagine yeah. the excitement some of the, the longtime fans felt. Another one of those things, for, uh, right? Like, from our episode last week, the nostalgia that I feel like i missed out on like this is one of those things yeah yeah you gotta play metroid dude metroid fusion is so fun yeah there's a lot of returning elements from metroid fusion though that people are not going to be happy about like uh metroid fusion i think was the first metroid game to introduce like large amounts of dialogue not from samus but your computer talks to you your computer adam and uh uh samus also like talks to herself in some elevator sequences and stuff oh really interesting yeah well like it's like an inner monologue type thing I liked it. I think it was good because it was like not other M Samus. Like this was, you know, kick ass Samus talking to herself about like just kind of assessing the situation and how she felt about it and how, you know, got to get the mission done. Not like, oh, my feelings for Adam or whatever. (laughs) Like not that Samus can't have feelings. You know, she's a complicated character. I just hate other. (laughs) Other M was terrible. So, yeah, yeah, Metroid 5. I, I kind of wish they kept it like Metroid 5 Dread, but it's just Metroid Dread. So, yeah, they've never done a numbered sequel in Metroid uh, outside oh, really? of the Prime games. Okay, okay, I didn't know that. But, like, it, like the opening for Super Metroid, I think, calls it Metroid... Oh, no, Metroid 2 uh, Return of Samus. I forgot about that one on the Game Boy. But, like, not having the number in the official title, but then having it... Like, I think Super Metroid... It, it Metroid 3 shows up on the screen and then it goes away and it calls itself Super Metroid just like it did in the trailer for this and uh, Fusion does okay. that as well. It calls itself Metroid 4 in the game yeah. and then changes to Fusion. Yeah. It's kind of a trope, but I, I do, I like when I, I was talking to you guys about this before, how I really like when a game series has been going on for a million entries with subtitles and then they're just suddenly Mario Kart 7. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Nintendo. I, Speaking uh, of yeah. games with subtitles, uh, we got a new Mario Party. Okay, yeah, so I have feelings I, about it. Yeah, I was about to say the exact same thing, Connor. Initially, I was hyped because I was like, yes, online Mario Party, yes, like classic maps, classic mini games. But then I was like, okay, this game has five maps and they're charging $60 for it. And yeah, I was and like, these maps aren't new. Like, how, how? Yeah, and these are remastered. I don't want to say maps. lazy devs because I don't believe in lazy devs. I believe in low budgets. But how. How hard is it to make one of these maps? Well, why was this not just a DLC for Mario Super Mario Party? Yeah, like, if I, this was a DLC, like, it would be really good because that would put you at what nine maps, I think, and that's like yeah. an acceptable number. But this actually has fewer maps than any of the N sixty four Mario parties. Yeah, and so I it, think it, it's largely maybe the cost of upsizing all the assets <laughs> from the original Mario parties. Like these yeah, are trying to really like games. it would sell. Like I, Mario Party fans are dubious when it comes to this game, and they wouldn't have been if they if it looked like they were putting their best foot forward. 
Like, Mario Party games sell pretty well. I love Mario Party games, dude. Like, I, yeah. I'm all about them, but, like, this one, yeah, like... Although, it, it, it just leaves me thinking, like, why did you not just make a new Mario Party? Or, like, why didn't you just make this as DLC for the existing Mario Party? Because now it seems like you're you're pricing this and presenting this as a standalone Mario Party, where it's just, like, kind of, like, cobbled together pieces of other Mario Party games. I got a bit of a hot take here, too. I liked the motion control games in Super Mario Party. Like, I'm... Dude, the, all, all of the mini games in Super Mario Party were fantastic. Yeah, and there's I, no I, motion I, controls in the new one. Like at all and i yeah. get that it's a collection of a lot of past mini games but that means no mini games from super mario party and that like some stuff. of the previous mario parties like like 9 10 that era like those motion control games kind of sucked i thought in those games but like in super mario party they figured it out i thought and yeah. i thought that like, those, the super, those were the, great the absolute best mini game and probably the best graphics on the nintendo switch ever is the steak cube in Super Mario oh Party? Oh my god, that steak cube looks so good. It's it's the that's, best mini game Mario Party ever done. Animation is incredible. It's so good. It makes me so hungry to look at. It. <laughs> Although a lot of Japanese games nail food, but yeah, Japan I, nails food. Let's just say that. Like yeah, yeah, that's true. I love. I mean, a lot of Asian cultures nail food. I uh, yeah. I, I mean, I mean like, you you see like food and like anime and stuff. It always looks so tasty. But oh my god, in Final Fantasy fifteen, yeah. Been oh. hungry just thinking about it. Final Fantasy 15 made me made me crave cup of noodles. Oh my yeah. god, I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes. yeah, I I don't know the new Mario Party. If it was a forty dollars game, I wouldn't even we wouldn't be having this discussion. <laughs> like, yeah, but it would yeah, be. It's a, just a kind steal. of a. It's just kind of weird how it's presented. I think Mario Party yeah, Superstars is what it's and called. Also, like. I'm glad they're adding online multiplayer on one hand, but on the other hand, that does mean you have to buy four copies of Mario Party now. Like, I mean, yeah. yeah. Like, that's I mean, just, I just by the nature of the beast. Here's the thing. Actually, that's interesting. I was of the impression that the online was random, right? Like, so I don't like matchmaking or whatever. It does have I'm, matchmaking. Yeah. But yeah. I would so. never, I would never play matchmaking Mario Party. Because Mario Party's about ladder. destroying friendships. I don't want to play it with a stranger. Yeah. Can we get competitive ladder Mario Party? Uh, you oh, know no. Alpha Red Deluxe is going to be doing competitive Mario Party. Oh, God. But yes, so Mario Party Superstars. Mario Golf looked great on the other hand. It looks... I am so torn on that game because I find golf so boring. It lo- the game looks so fun, dude. The game is just like- so polished. Like, they're really... I mean, it, they're scamming me, right? Like, there's no way that I actually like this game. But on the other hand, it looks really fun. It looks super fun. I th- especially think once you have like a bunch of friends together playing that game, yeah. I think it's going to be a good time. Like battle golf. What what even is that? And I a, a map. They have New Donk City in it for some reason. Like what's going uh, on? And in uh, pa- Pauline is that her? Yeah, name? Pauline, and Pauline's she uses her microphone as a golf <laughs> club. microphone stand. Yeah, that's yeah, that was funny. Just the best. Yeah, I I think it looks fantastic. Um. New WarioWare game. Yeah, that looks really fun. What seems like forever. How long ago it looks was really the fun? One? But when they charge sixty dollars for it, I'm gonna be upset. They're going to, yeah. but you know, like it's it's it looks like fun, and it's and you know, WarioWare has been absent for so long, and yeah. uh, I just hope <laughs> Wario doesn't talk as much as he did. Yeah, in that I've never heard Charles Martinet's voice that much. Yeah, it just made me think, like if. If Mario talked like this, it would kill the entire Mario vibe completely. Oh my god, the franchise would die immediately. Yeah. That would like, be the end. Like, yeah, don't ever, ever make Mario talk, please. Other yeah. than like one word every now and then. 
That's fine. Yeah. But he can only say Wahoo. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, nah, it yeah. was weird, but it looks like a fun game. I mean, I like WarioWare. I am every time I see Wario and it's not Wario Land, I'm a little sad. I love Wario Land games, but Yeah. But you know, like Wario has been like out of the spotlight for so long now. I think it's just kind of cool having him back. Yeah, I agree. And uh, then we got like a bunch of announcements of like real releases and a couple remakes. I know Advanced yeah. Wars one and two were huge. Yeah, Advanced uh, Wars. I played War Groove, which is like a spiritual successor to Advanced Wars, and yeah. I really liked it. But and it made me want to play Advanced Wars. But I really hate this art style. I uh, yeah, I really I, like. I just watching it. Like I I know Advanced Wars means a lot to people, but personally, I don't have any connection to it. But like looking at the art style, I was like, this looks so weirdly generic, and I don't think yeah. the original game looked like that. No, the originals had like really beautiful pixel art for their units and stuff. Yeah, and. And I thought the actual units, like, on the map screen, I thought that all looked great. It was, like, when it actually zooms in and shows the combat that it looks bad. But yeah. the games will be good, like, especially if yeah. it's a, a value title, you know? Yeah. I'm surprised Nintendo remembered that Advanced Wars. Yeah, See, did like, you know Advanced Wars was actually a sequel to, uh, I think it was called GB Wars on the Game Boy, but I don't think that ever came west. Did not know I, that. They have just kind of buried it. It's weird. Yeah, it's... I'm surprised they remember the series. No, yeah. I, I'm convinced Nintendo remembers everything. It's just they're very selective about what they bring forward, much like Disney. Speaking of remembered series, uh, they brought, we they got a new SMT. a lot of things in this direct. I mean, bringing back Metroid. Yeah, Shin Megami Tensei Five was shown, oh. and I know SMT has a has has a big following. I personally am all about Persona. I know Persona is yeah. kind of like a spinoff of SMT, but like I don't really care about SMT. Yeah, no, I, I said it to you guys in the chat that, like, as this trip, I, I have been excited for Shin Megami Tensei until I saw this trailer, and now I'm probably not going to buy it, because it looks, it just looks like Persona. It's, if you It's took Persona out, without the social yeah, elements, it's just no the charm. monsters and Zero stuff. charm. Yeah, like, so. Because the, the, the reason the monsters are fun in Persona is because they all mean something. Like, they're all, you know, the whole, all the palaces, everything, it all means something. I don't know. There's like a person. I mean, emotionally or socially, like each one does, right? Like it, each one has Shin a connection Tensei, to the world. It's just yeah. a weird Ikasai demon thing, and I'm like, oh, this is really stupid and boring, and I don't care anymore. Yeah, I did, that one's not for me. I'm sure it'll have, you know, its fans, dedicated fans. But uh, yeah. they announced, uh, you know, I guess this is what we'll call the anime section, right? They announced like the. Uh, entire collection of Danganronpa games on Switch, yeah. and those are kind of really neat visual novels from what I hear, and I've always wanted to check them out. And so this yeah. will be a good opportunity. They're an acquired taste, I would say. I hate... So the the Game Grump started playing Danganronpa, and I just kind of watched them whenever they put out a new video, so I ended up experiencing the entire first game. And by the end of it, I was invested, but for the first, like, 40 episodes or something, I was like, well, this is kind of boring and terrible. Mm. It it's yeah. it's very slow, but that's also the games are not made to be consumed in 30, 30 minute portions. So yeah, yeah, I'll keep an eye on that one. I'll I'll see. But uh, the Connor, very genuine. What did you think of the new Monster Hunter game that they showed? I I don't like them. I don't like Monster Hunter stories. I uh. So what's different? For uh, explain to me because I don't really know. It's uh, I mean, mainly it's turn-based combat. It's a more traditional RPG oh, uh, okay. set in the Monster Hunter world, which is fine. But for one thing, the word "monsty" is really stupid. That's like the monster you ride around, and like 
that's the best they could come up with, Monsty. Yeah. Like, I get it's probably a translation thing, but it's really bad. And also, I, I don't know, like, the reason I like Monster Hunter is that it's basically Dark Souls-style combat, but it's just boss fights all the time. And it's it's way easier than Dark Souls. Yeah. You know, it it just isn't anything that I like about Monster Hunter. I like the world and stuff. I think it's interesting. Yeah, it, it, it looked pretty. Um, yeah, it, I love it, the art style. I think it's a way better art style for the Nintendo Switch than Monster Hunter Rise. I don't think Monster Hunter Rise looks very good. So, yeah, it bears mentioning that this Monster Hunter Stories game, and literally, I think, every other game we've mentioned so far in this Nintendo conference is all coming out this year, which is, I think, really huge for Nintendo. There's only one game that they announced or showed that is coming tentatively in 2022, and by God, I hope it comes in 2022. Yeah, we got a new trailer. Um, I, I, I want to do my pitch. We got, we got a new trailer for the sequel to Breath of the Wild. Which is, you know, like, hands down the best thing I've seen at E3 this year. Like, instantly. And it's a really short trailer, it was but like 30 it shows seconds a long, lot. But each of those seconds was precious to me. <laughs> like, that trailer was a roller coaster, uh, despite yeah, how so, short it was. But I think it bears mentioning, yeah, and Connor, you can give your Galaxy yeah. Brain level pitch here soon, but I was going to say, A.G. Aonuma came out on, uh, you know, on screen, and he was like, yeah... Today uh, it's Zelda's anniversary. I was like, okay, this is where we get the Zelda co- collection announcement, consisting of Ocarina of Time, Wind Waker, and Twilight Princess. But no, he announces a Zelda-themed Game and Watch with Zelda One, Two, and like some weird puzzle game on it. I was like, what? No, it also has um, Link's Awakening on it. Oh, it has Link's Awakening. Okay, so that's that's but not the director's the cut of, of Link's Awakening. It's the black and white Game Boy version, which is yeah, see, a like, really weird choice. So. I'm almost convinced that the Zelda collection was and it existed at some point, and then Nintendo was just like, "Nah, let's just split it up into individual remastered games and sell them for sixty dollars each." I'm almost a hundred percent sure that's what's going to happen. Yeah, I'm kind of so. inclined to think that later this year, like after Skyward Sword comes out, they're going to announce a Twilight Princess uh, HD port to the Switch, oh, and I'll tell I'm you so why excited. in a minute. Uh, yeah, but I so- think. Yeah, they're not going to want to do that until closer. They don't want to cannibalize the sales on Skyward Sword. I think it'll release early next year. Yeah, and it, it's interesting. So they did talk about the Skyward Sword remaster a bit, and of course we know that's coming pretty soon. But like, what's interesting is after seeing the the Breath of the Wild two trailer, I I kind of think there's an additional reason for them picking Skyward Sword to be remastered now, and it seems like the d- games might be connected in some way. Yeah, so I think it's pretty clear that they are. You definitely they they added sky floating islands and yeah. uh, you know I, there's I would lore, just say there's, like those floating islands could have already been there in Breath of the Wild one and you wouldn't have seen them and there are lore reasons for that explained in Skyward Sword and I think that's yeah. gonna matter. But I will just say like really quick, Connor the the way they opened that trailer where it was all dark and it showed flashes of Ganon and flashes of Zelda and then just total black and then suddenly this bright light erupts and you see Link like falling from the oh, sky. It, it, it was makes your just heart drop. Beautifully done. It was so good. But yeah, yeah. go, and, go and, ahead. And Link has on this like Kid Icarus looking outfit. Like and his hair's all long and it's just like what is happening? Like yeah, so. And I, I've seen a couple other theories that, like, it's involving time travel and stuff. And uh, See, I think that is the case, because there's two different links that we see in this trailer. We see the link from yeah. the first game, and then we see this longer-haired link. And it's just like, what? what is happening, you know? Yeah, so I'm... 
I'm wondering if the if those were just recorded at different times in development, though. That's also a possibility. It could be, but I because feel, when we see no. short hair Link, he's standing in places that are familiar to us. I want to believe though that this trail, everything in this trailer, was deliberately placed. You know, yeah, like, me too. I kind of feel like it was. If everything in this trailer is extremely deliberate and trying to send a message, then I think I'm picking that message up. <laughs> and uh, I, I think that not only are we going to be visiting the uh, the skies of Skyloft again, but I think we're also going to revisit Twilight in this game because. I, I don't know. They're talking about how dark of a game it's going to be. The last dark game that they did was Twilight Princess. And they linger on the castle at Twilight, like the time of day Twilight, Lingered for a for really long time. An unusually long time. I thought like, we were going to see the title come up. Like yeah, at every, I, I've heard that a few times. And uh, they're just and lingering they just, on and, it at Twilight. Yeah. And there's just like a somber atmosphere to it. And I, I don't think they're just bringing back Twilight and... Uh, because, uh, you know, Twilight Princess is a somewhat divisive game. I think they're... Because they, they already did this in Breath of the Wild 1. There are a lot of locations from previous Zelda yes. games. And so my theory is that where Breath of the Wild 1 was you going through and collecting this Link's memories, I think in this game, there's going to be a part of it. I don't think it'll be the, the core part, because I think they're going to do dungeons again. That was, like, the main complaint. I think dungeons are going to make a comeback. And there's, um, there's actually an, a monster in the trailer that looks a lot like one of the entrances to a dungeon in the first Legend of Zelda. But my yeah. theory is that you're going to be going around Hyrule and visiting locations from previous Zelda games, like Lure Lin, which is an exact copy of Outside Island. There's the I Eventide Island, which is uh, the island from Link's Awakening. Uh, you can get to Skyloft now. I think you're going to visit the Twilight and maybe even see Binda, because I think she's immortal or whatever. Uh, and you're going to be collecting memories of previous links and uh, kind of putting them all together to become strong enough to kill Ganondorf this, once and this for all. This theory is ridiculously bold. and like It is, and that's the only reason I would bother to record it, because yeah. it's probably it, it, wrong, but if, if you're I'm right... right though, yeah, that would be... I, I, I would be speechless if you were right. Yeah. But, like, Nintendo like is very careful about... You know, yeah. like they try to separate Zelda out as much as possible, right? Like they did say there was like a timeline or whatever, and like I'm sure there is, but like I think for all intents and purposes, they want Zeldas to be Zelda games to be separated, right? Unless they are explicitly connected, like Ocarina yeah. of Time. And it, it would be Mask. a definite change in the way that they do Zelda, because like the yeah. way I always like to think of Zeldas, unless they're direct sequels, is that it's the same story being told different ways, yeah. essentially. You know, it's one, there was one Link and one Ganondorf and they fought and it's just different, you know, different ways of telling that story. I mean, it's, it's the legend of Zelda and legends can yeah. be interpreted and, you know, change over time and all that sort of thing. And I think that's a way better interpretation of the whole thing than the stupid triple timeline. Time yeah. I like the time. Well, the timeline is now back to, back to, hold on, I'm going deep here. The timeline with Breath of the Wild, Breath of the Wild is actually a convolution of all the yeah, it's timelines. Like a, it is, it, it references, yeah. yeah, it has the Rito, it has uh, references to stuff from Wind Waker, as Something well as Twilight Princess. Like, it, Ganon charged like a spirit bomb of all his other Ganons to create the ulti ultimate Ganon. Well, that's that's like that another reason I think I'm right is that it's like a convergence of uh, all the different timelines, and you have to like converge all the different links into. That one. would be wild, man. Yeah. I'm that telling you, I, what, yeah, 
That would be. It, it may be a terrible, you know, I need to call Matt Pat, but it's a bad fan theory. There, but there is a reason why they're not giving us the subtitle. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's interesting. Okay. I saw too. a theory that kind of yeah. makes sense to me, which is that the title has Demise in it, and they want people to oh, play really? Skyward Sword before. Uh, yeah. Because the, 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 the way they're depicting Ganondorf does kind of look like Demise. Uh, I mean, the way um, they're de- depicting Ganondorf is so weird. It's like he's dead, and it's his ghost, you know? like Yeah. It's so cool. Gosh. That's oh, very good. That's very yeah. upsetting. I like it a lot. Yeah, and no, like, they, they came out and said, like, we're not revealing the title yet because it has implications for what the game's going to be about. And it's like, oh, my God. Yeah. I just want to so, know. So the theory I saw on Reddit was that it's Demise is in the title, and uh, they want people to meet Demise in Skyward Sword before meeting him in Breath of the Wild 2. Which would also yeah, explain why. You know, like I don't why know why Skyloft like, is back. Why yeah. going in like you know like Zelda games? Their titles are. I think titles are some of the coolest part of the Zelda games. Like I, I love the Zelda really? titles. A lot of yeah, them are really lazy. Like Ocarina really? of Time is just an item in the game. Wind no, Waker. but that's what I like about it. Like it's not like the, the see like um, the the Zelda titles are always just items, right? Except no. for Breath like, of the Twilight Wild, Princess. Well, yeah. Well, okay, they're referencing things Link's in the awakening. game. Yeah, okay. They're referencing yeah. Well, things in the game. That's how you make a title, though. But, like, Breath of the Wild was just sort of more abstract, is where I'm going yeah, with this. Yeah, I like right? Breath of the Wild as a title. So, like, I yeah. thought this title would also be sort of abstract, you know? Like, maybe, like, you know, something of the skies or something like that, right? But, like, yeah. I don't think we're going to get that. We're going to get, uh, you know, a more concrete Zelda title this time again. Yeah, people are joking a lot about it just being called a link to the past. I mean, that's kind of what it seems like it is, <laughs> like in, yeah. in a literal sense. Yeah. But yeah, oh my god, that just like and and I said afterwards like that was fantastic, but like I needed more. Like I feel like I was oh, a dying. starving yeah. man and Aonuma yeah. threw me a morsel of food and I consumed it and it made me happy, but in the end it just made me hungrier. Yeah, like, they really reopened the wound from two years ago. Yeah, like, like I have I watched need this to entire more. direct more than one time. I've watched it like four or five times, probably. The entire direct? That's wild. I've definitely watched the Breath of the Wild trailer like multiple times, but... I've watched a ton of... I've watched the Metroid Dread trailer more than Breath of the Wild. I think I might be... Probably just because it's healthier for me, because the game's actually coming soon. I have an actual date. Yeah. I am more excited for Metroid Dread right now than Breath of the Wild 2. It makes sense. And, uh, and, you know, like they said at the end, we're targeting 2022 which yep scary uh, wow yeah like which, if it's as ambitious as i think it is there's a good chance they miss it yeah i mean like it's you know it's it's funny initially we're like okay this game's gonna have a quick turnaround cycle because it's reusing all the assets from breath of the wild and i think at some point in development that was true but i do think this game sort of exploded in scope and is now something else entirely like i'm I think, sure i think that, maybe they realized that what people like so much but, about breath yeah. of the wild was like finding these familiar places and seeing how they're different. Yeah. And setting it in the same Hyrule again was just a non-option. Yeah, no, I I think you can go to that Hyrule, right? But like, I do think the game's way, I, I think there's so much about this game that we don't know that'll completely change the way we see this game. Honestly, like they're yeah. still holding so much back and that's really exciting. Yeah. It also yeah. like, they talked about Breath of the Wild having a bigger focus on story. And that ended up not no, really yeah. being true. I think this one does. Like, there's a lot going on in these trailers. 
there's already more story to this game than there was to Breath of the Wild, essentially. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's it's funny because like Breath of the Wild promised this amazing story, and then they put the, put out that insane trailer, but that trailer ended up being like the entire story. <laughs> pretty yeah. pretty much yeah. But um, but you know, like even if it doesn't have it like a story focus, it's still going to be absolute brilliance. Like. Oh yeah, it's it's just going to be fantastic, and I'm so excited. No, for I mean, it. just having new Sheikah slate powers, which they clearly are doing. Oh yeah, we saw a couple of them, right? Like with the yeah, rolling that ball, the rock, the hill. Yeah. and then like the weirdest one to me was like when Link got like sucked up the mountain, and, like went through the rock and like pulled himself yeah, out, like was he was so climbing weird. out of yeah. a pool of water. That like, seems what? really situational. That seems like a really like I don't think that's a Sheikah slate ability. That seems more like a how he gets up to the sky ability because that yeah. would be so weirdly situational i feel like again yeah, like just, the super broad applicability of all the others yeah it's just i just love the creativity on display in these games it's like not something the fans could ever come up with but like it, it's just yeah. incredible you know they're so creative it's true i mean there's a reason there's not uh, any one famous zelda fan game like it's it's just too much yeah they've got a special sauce over there for sure but I think in the broad strokes, at least, that pretty much covers E3 2021. Now, I do want to mention one thing, and that is Jeff Keighley's Summer Game Fest trailer presentation thing that was happening right before E3, right? Which actually showed the overall game that I am most excited for. And I think I can say that right now I'm more excited really? for, for Elden Ring than I am for the Zelda sequel. And I think once, you know, we get closer to the Zelda sequel, obviously that might change, but my goodness, they finally showed Elden Ring after withholding it from us for two years from software, yeah. Hidetaka Miyazaki's newest masterpiece, and it just looks so good. <laughs> like, and like, it, it looks like fucking, it might be doing a very Breath of the Wild open yeah, world. Like, too. It, it definitely took inspiration from Breath of the Wild. It's still going to have that, like, godlike souls level design coupled with like open world elements from breath of the wild i'm just like good god give yeah, this look, game to me now <laughs> like it'll be a day one buy for me for sure yeah absolutely i'm really glad they're breaking off of numbered sequels too because i i've always i played the three dark souls games in order and like yeah i saw some I'm people playing. complaining online saying like oh this is just dark souls 4 i was like First of all, no, but like even if it was, like, yes, give me Dark Souls yeah. 4. Yeah, like put it in my veins. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But yeah, everything about this game, like just from the the first of all, just the atmosphere. Like no one can do atmosphere like from software. Absolutely no one. Like, and that they completely conveyed that through this trailer. Like, you instantly look at this game and know it's a from software game. Like uh the yeah, the the world tree or whatever it was, like Yggdrasil, like, I think they're calling it something else, but, like, it looked so weird and my mysterious and, like, and, like, those bosses, man, like, those bosses they were showing, like, so weirdly unsettling and and demonic and, like, oh my gosh, I just want, I just want this world to, like, grind me into dr dust like it's going to. But, um... Yeah. Yeah, like... And in the uh, and some of the like interviews that came out and stuff like they've definitely taken bits and pieces from like various uh, from software games like it has the verticality of Sekiro like you can like jump and like 
do all sorts of vertical combat as well. And, like, obviously it takes a lot from Dark Souls in terms of, like, its core combat. And, you know, like, I saw a couple areas that really evoked Bloodborne, too. Like, it was just, like, this... This might be Hidetaka Miyazaki's magnum opus, which is saying a lot, uh, God, I considering so. what he's done. So, I also yeah. heard him say that fast travel's in it, but they encourage you not to use it, I guess. Right, yes. Which I think is an okay... If fast travel's in it, but I don't need it, I think that kind of does it for me. And or he also confirmed... at all for using it. So, yeah, he also, you know, like, he mentioned, you know, how, like, George R. R. Martin was involved in, like, the lore for this game. He did mention that George R. R. Martin set the foundation, right? And then From Software iterated on that foundation with, like, their traditional, like, storytelling techniques and stuff like that. So he said, like, for people that are worried, like, this is going to be a more direct story, and he said, like, it's the same storytelling style as, like, the Souls games. Like, it's going to be very mysterious and obscure, and you're going to have to, like, dig to figure out what's going on, and it's just going to be... It's it's going to be great. I know that's not everyone's cup of tea, I, I but saw that's exactly that, like, what I wanted to hear. The main the main <clears throat> plot line would be a little more obvious. Uh, they said they like, learned from Sekiro, I think. Yeah, Sekiro had, like... It, it didn't have, like, that traditional from software storytelling at all. I do think, like... like the George R. R. Martin parts, I think, are going to be, like, more traditionally to- told, but, like... He told fans to be rushed assured in that, like, the From Software style of, like, lore and stuff was still in the game. So, that's fantastic to hear. They can't put Vati Vidj out of business. Dude, he's already put two videos out I on know. Elden Ring. Yeah. I've so, seen him. Yeah. I'm excited so. for Zeltic to be back in business, too. He's the, uh, he's the Zelda lore guy. I gotta check him out. I don't think I've ever seen his videos. He does pretty good work. It's it's basically Vati Vidya, but for Zelda. And like, there's I could get into that. At. There's a yeah. lot less to pick at in Zelda. Dude, but. like, dude, there's so Dark Souls. I'm just gonna say Dark Souls to encompass compass all of FromSoft's games. But like, those games have so much lore. Like, I feel like, like, there's a reason that multiple people people have made like entire careers out of just lore videos for those games. Like, yeah, obviously Vati is the most known one, but like a lot of people do it. And what I love about the lore in those games too is that it's just much like the like we were talking about with Zelda, the Legend of Zelda. A lot of the lore in these games, some of it is straight up false. Like a lot of it took a, took place like thousands of years ago, and like no one knows where it really happened. So you have to like pick up on clues and piece it together yourself, and it just makes for a good time. It's uh, it's it's great. Yeah, it's it's good video games. But yeah, I like, no, you know. Uh, they do the same thing in Hollow Knight a little bit. I think Hollow Knight yeah. actually does this, that style of storytelling pretty well as well. Absolutely. I agree. Yeah. A lot of uh, environmental storytelling, too. And, uh, yeah, I think Elden Ring overall was, even though it wasn't part of E3 proper, it was the game that most got me hyped. Like, I know, like we mentioned last time, I, I doubted Elden Ring would, would show up, and actually Mike called the fact that it would be present, and he was totally right. Like... I could not believe that. Like I saw, well, it wasn't present in E3, so it wasn't know. present in E3. But they showed it like now, which I was not expecting. Uh, and it's coming yeah. in uh, January of 2022, which I hope that release date holds. Yeah, but like, yeah, that is going to be one of those games where if that comes out on a Friday, I'm taking that Friday off, like straight up. So, so if that's your biggest, uh, if that's your biggest game of E3, mine's going to be Metroid Dread. What was yours, Mike? Uh, for me, uh, you know, I can't really say. 
Age of Empires. <laughs> Age of Empires is big. Well, we knew that was coming. Uh, I, I didn't really have any surpri- any surprises. Maybe Starfield. I mean, it doesn't have to be a surprise. Just the game, I guess, you're most excited to play. You know? I mean, I'm excited to play Battlefield, but yeah. again, that's pretty normal for me. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, Battlefield, I think out of everything shown at that show, Battlefield is the one that most people are interested in. It got the most trailer views, so. Yeah. Battlefield is definitely up there. Dang good. All right, so that's E3 2021. I'm excited to do this in uh, 2022, hopefully with a healthy dose of live-action cringe. Yeah, we'll be there in person next year uh, with our uh, press passes that uh, Jeff Keighley just personally delivered to me. (laughs) Hey, if Jeff Keighley shows up on my doorstep with a press pass for his conference, I'll go. Jeff Keighley's a good guy. I like him. He is. Um, All right. I'll start the Twitter campaign now. We've been going a long time. I haven't really played any games. I have one I kind of want to talk about. Okay. Now you go first then. So I've been playing Ratchet and Clank Ripped Apart. Oh, right. Yeah. Of course you have. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm actually, yeah. So I think I'm over halfway through this game. I'm really just taking my time and savoring it. I'm just sort of in awe that this is what an early gen PS5 game looks like. Like Insomniac really just knocked it out of the park in, in all respects, but especially visually, like... I cannot believe it feels like I'm playing like a modern Pixar movie. Like it just looks so incredibly good. And like the environments themselves, like all the different planet, like I've been to like over half a dozen different planets and they're all completely different and all of their unique landscapes and art styles and stuff. And it's just like insomniac are kind of just wizards. Like, and I was reading it. I was watching an interview where they said, yeah, like, a lot of the, of the development for this game took place over COVID. And, like, the guy said, yeah, I don't think a single line of dialogue for this game was actually recorded in person. All of the voice work was done during COVID. It's just like, dude, like, how, how did they put a game out of, like, this caliber in COVID times? Like, it's just obscene. Like, but yeah, talking about the actual game itself, like, it it just it feels so it, it, it okay so it's it's Ratchet and Clank gameplay but refined and improved right so they've added like a dodge button and they've added like really nifty like hover boots that like Shadow the Hedgehog style you can like zip around the environment and like you've got your grappling hook too and it's just like that's not new I don't think the the grappling hook might not be but. The hover, I think the hover boots are right. No, they, they are, are not the hover either. boots. The hover boots were in Ratchet and Clank on PS3, I think. Yeah, they were in what was a Kraken time. Okay, so I might have missed yeah. that. But um, the the big highlight in this game though has to be the the rifts, right? So the rifts oh, yeah. really show off the SSD, and let me tell you, it's improved from what they showed uh, at like uh, when they first showed the game off, which is saying something, right? Like now it's completely seamless. Like, there's no, like, weird... Like, if you watch the trailer, there's, like, a weird transition where you can clearly see, like, the environment loading in. And it only lasts for, like, a split second. That's totally gone now. So it's just, like, you walk through a rift, boom. There's the other world. So they play with this idea a lot in a lot of cool different ways. They took out that part where you're, like, free-falling? For... Well, so that specific part is in the game, but there are other... Most of the other rifts in the game, you just walk through them, and you're in the other place. Okay, so. that's so much more impressive because I was sitting there thinking like 
yeah, it's cool, but it's still just a hallway while they yeah, load no. stuff in, right? Like, yeah, no. I didn't think I was not impressed when they showed that off. Not really, but if they yeah. can actually totally remove that, that's incredible. Yeah, it's completely gone, dude. A rift appears, you walk through it. Environments there, like there's no, that's there's so good. not even point one seconds of loading. It's it's unreal, honestly. And like they make use of this mechanic in such interesting ways, like and from the combat where like when you're fighting. Uh, you see these rifts pop up everywhere, and you can use your rift tr- rift tether to not grapple yourself to the rift, but grapple the world to yourself. Right, so like you pull the entire level towards your yourself, and then you're fighting there, and that's really cool. But like a couple of the really cool like level design things they've done, uh, the the planet called Blizzard Prime. Uh, you um you get there and it's like completely destroyed and so it's like a destroyed level in outer space so there's like low gravity and stuff and like you know it's it's hard to get around the environment because it's like completely destroyed but there are these phase crystals around right and when you hit the phase crystal it takes you to an alternate dimension where blizzard prime was not destroyed and is like completely thriving and is like very lively and stuff and it's instantaneous right so you hit the crystal boom it's like everything's restored and it's just like it feels like magic it really does like it's it's hard to describe without you seeing it but like these sorts of things would not be possible on a previous generation console like this this is truly like it feels like one of the first truly next gen experiences in my opinion and uh yeah blizzard prime is a great example of like the instant level switching that is now cap- uh, possible with this thing and they have um, a few other things I don't really want to say in case either of you play this game, because I do think it's worth playing. But um, they make great use of the rifts throughout this game, it really showing off that SSD stuff. But uh, I will say one of the stars of this game is Rivet, right? So the, the female Lombax that was introduced, you play as her at least, you know, uh, as far as I am in the game, I've played as Rivet more than Ratchet, like... And she's, like, instantly a star. Like, I feel like they could easily make a Rivet game after this, and it would sell just as well. Like, Rivet's, Rivet's great. She's a great character. She's very funny uh, in, like, a dry sort of way. She's, like, you know, is very sarcastic and stuff like that. And, um, yeah, like, I think this this whole thing they have going on with the dual protagonists is really cool. The only criticism I have, I think, is that Rivet and Ratchet play exactly the same there are no differences between them at all. Like, even if, like, if Ratchet gets an upgrade, uh, uh, upgrade, Rivet gets the same upgrade, which is kind of, uh, a little, I, I would have liked to see, like, some differences between the two, but, like, it's not too big of a deal because the game is just such a joy to play. Like, the combat is so fluid, especially at that 60 FPS ray trace mode. Like, it's so fluid and it looks that good and crisp and, like, it's just unbelievable what they've pulled off with this game visually. Like, I keep saying it, but I just... It's just that stunning. It really is. So I'm having a great time with this game. I'm really taking my time with it because I don't want to beat it, but, like, it's not a very long game from what I hear, so I'm going to have to get it done eventually. But for now, I'm very, very much enjoying myself and very, very much feeling like Next Gen is finally here with this game. Like, it, it really is uh, something you have to see to believe, I think. So yeah, either of you have anything? Uh, I've been playing Minecraft, so not really. Okay, still playing on your uh, server. I still yeah, gotta check the, that out. It's a it's a beefy mod pack. It's yeah, it's a big one. I uh I don't have much to say. I started XCOM two, 
and I really like it. But I'm really bad at it. I'm playing on the easiest difficulty, and I just, um... There's, like, this event where you can, like, get caught by a UFO, and you have to, like, fight a bunch of aliens. And, uh... I had, like, somewhere between 7 and 15 soldiers going into it, and I only had 3 left at the end. I lost all of them. Oh, man. You see, my only thing I do in XCOM is uh, mod the crap out of it and then make custom soldiers like Chad Chaddington, the ultimate Chad. Yeah, I wanted to do custom soldiers, but I knew that, like, I would spend more time making them than I would actually have them. And I knew, because I just, I, I only have one soldier that I'm, like, super attached to, and he's my, uh, he's my marksman. And I, I don't even know his name. I just know what he looks like. He's got, he's, he's this black guy with really cool hair. And, uh, I think he's, um, God, he wears a flag. I, I think it's from South America. Anyway, he's really cool, and he never misses a shot, and I love him to death. And, uh, he's my hero. He was one of the three that lived. He actually didn't take any damage in that fight, because he never really left the opening area. He yeah. He was, uh, picking off people the whole time, really putting in work. I think in my current playthrough, one of my characters is a Bionicle. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, I'm actually, I'm staring down the barrel of a game over, though, I think. Like, I only have three soldiers right now, and that's not, you can't do much with that. Like, you're supposed to have enough soldiers that, like, they can get injured and, like, take some time off, and you can rotate out. I really don't see myself beating this game, and I think it's, like, I think if you hit that game over, I think you have to start over, which doesn't yes. doesn't really bother me that much, because I've learned so much in playing it, but I'm I'm really bad at it. I'm really bad at, like, playing the wrong objective, too, like... I started a mission where I was supposed to rescue a VIP, and I actually killed all the aliens without losing a single soldier or even taking meaningful damage. But I didn't realize that the VIP was in a truck, which it didn't tell you that before the mission, but once you got in the mission, it said that in the top left corner, and I didn't see it. And I did I did blow up the truck on accident. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so stuff like that. little annoying. I actually, I really like the actual, like, in-game actual combat sections. The out-of-game, like, menu part where you're, like, flying around the planet and, like, doing supplies and stuff, I I don't... It's not that I don't want that to be there, but there are long portions of the game where you don't get to play the fun part of the game, and that doesn't sit right with me. <laughs> so, but I, I like it overall. I think it's really fun. I, I started playing it to see if I wanted to buy uh, Mario and Rabbids, and at the end of the day, I think the answer is no. I kind of like XCOM. I don't know if I want to play a simpler version of it, though. So, it's pretty fun, though. Awesome. All right, I think that's going to do it for us this week. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, you can follow us at Ad Podcast Game Talk on Twitter. Please like, rate, and review us on any podcast service you use. And click the link in the description of this podcast to join our Discord and talk to us there. Thank you, Connor and Mike. Yep. See you guys next week. See you next week.